0: Five, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition. I'm your host, Dr. Chris
1: Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson.
0: And it's my job to start every podcast with the loud welcome that blows out everybody's speakers and maxes the levels on our producers' sound systems. Right, Father? Yes, sir. That and that's we'll what be the I same without it. Yes, did so. So I apologize. Uh, set your volume accordingly. It won't be as loud as the opening syllable. Um, and welcome again to this week's episode. And as always, I want to begin by just reminding people to email me with any feedback, questions, ideas for future topics: Sebergwald at, at sfcatholic C B U R G W A L D at sfcatholic org hi father hey happy advent
1: hey thanks you can say happy to me for something else today if you want
0: happy birthday father
1: thank you very much it's good to be alive
0: it is <laughs> <laughs> father father was showing off some yum cookies that his niece sent him before we started recording i didn't realize that today was the actual day you know and I, and I think I'm, I'm justified in this, Father. When I think of you around this time of the year, I normally think of your feast day. Correct. November 30th is, is the, the feast of the Apostle, Saint Andrew. And so that's what I typically associate this, you know late November, early December with. I didn't realize you were so born in such, pro, such proximity to your. Birth. were you due on November 30th? Is that why you're named Andrew?
1: Uh, well, I, I was due actually in late November, uh, but uh, I, apparently I was too comfortable and didn't want to go anywhere. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I, was, I wasn't named for St. Andrew. I was named for uh, an evangelical missionary that my parents heard about who would smuggle Bibles into communist China in the 1970s. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. And uh, he, uh, he, he learned to rely on God so much that he quit hiding the Bibles. He just kept them in plain view in his car as he'd cross into the border of China Really? and other places he'd go, and, um, uh, and and the guards would never see the Bibles. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. So, pretty
0: cool. It is pretty cool. Um, so where were we? <laughs> happy, happy birthday. Happy Advent.
1: <laughs>
0: yes, happy Although Advent. Also, uh,
1: happy repeal day to all you fans of the 21st Amendment. What? Today is the day that the past, I believe the 21st Amendment, that uh, overturned prohibition.
0: The 21st? That seems awfully late.
1: Or maybe it's the 18th.
0: Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, well, no, no, all yeah, right, you're probably right. The 21st repealed the 18th. I'm sorry, gotcha.
1: Cool. Once again, yes. dear listeners, we learned that Father Andrew is right. And Dr. Bergwald, that's too much. <coughs> oh, excuse me, I had a uh,
0: something there in my throat. I need oh. clear.
1: All right, let's banter. Let's get let's get to our topic at hand.
0: <laughs> we might have stopped the negative reviews iTunes about too much yuckity yuck. Um, Father, I know that recently you uh you you were a couple weeks ago you were on retreat and uh talked about one specific specific fruit of that retreat that you thought would be a good topic for the podcast and I I agreed wholeheartedly. So, uh, what was it? Bananas. Peel bananas. Okay, enough yellow. So okay, the okay. let's uh, go.
1: So, for for dear listeners, uh, my preference for my annual retreat is not a preached affair. It's not a active affair. It's a more contemplative, meditative style of retreat, uh, known as a eight day silent retreat. Dr. Bergwald, do you have a question there?
0: Yes. Quick question, just took, You said annual retreat. What yes, do you so, mean? What do you mean by that?
1: Uh, every priest, uh, it, according to uh, the code of canon law, is told to go on a retreat uh, at least five or so days once a year.
0: So it's obligatory
1: then? I believe it's obligatory. Okay. Now, it can't be, of course, dispensed, <clears throat> uh, binding, like a, a, it's not a sacred obligation, but so, I mean, a priest who's ill or something goes wrong, blah, 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 blah. Uh, like last year, I didn't get my full retreat because uh, uh, my director uh, wasn't able to come. Um, Some kind of an issue there. And so, um, I very much needed my retreat this year. I am looking forward <laughs> to it very much. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Thanks.
0: Thanks for clarifying. So,
1: I, so I enjoy an eight day Ignatian retreat, which is individually directed. So, it's I, and it's silence. So, I'm in silence. I pray four holy hours a day. I meet for, with my director for about an hour each day and talk about prayer in our Lord and what he's doing. Um, in that way, um, he uh, uh, it really is a retreat, in my opinion, as opposed to some uh, activities called retreats, which are more like missions.
0: Because,
1: um, mm. dear doctor, uh, you, of course, as a, uh, a historian of sacred theology with a doctorate in sacred theology, are aware that St. Ignatius of Loyola was the first to regularize the use of the word retreat to talk about spiritual exercises. Yes?
0: I did not know that. That's interesting.
1: Mm. And that he borrowed it particularly from the military lexicon and deliberately so, intending that his retreats be a strategic action in which the church militant would pull back from the fight, from the effort, the striving, to be rested and restored, to speak to one's commander, to know what he would like you to do, and to receive insight on what the enemy is attempting to do.
0: Okay? So it's not, you know, so, so we use the term, and people often think of the military connotation or connection. Um, it's not a retreat like, oh, no, we're losing, we have to run. It's, as you said, a strategic retreat, a strategic withdrawal, where uh, you leave the front lines, the strife, for the purposes that you just indicated.
1: Very very correct, yes. Okay. Retreat okay. is different different than defeat. Yes. yes. Okay. Um, now, most of what like I experienced for much of my life as a retreat was really more of a mission in that it was an effort. So it's kind of like if you want to use the military idea again, all right, we're going to leave everything back behind in our camp, and we're only going to take ammunition, maybe some canteens, and we're going to try and take that hill. And so you go and you do your things and you retreat and you get done. You're more tired than when you started. And you have had really good spiritual or personal experiences and insights in the faith, but it wasn't a retreat in that sense. Right. Excellent. Hmm. So anyways, so I, I, yeah. I like retreat. And dear listeners, if you want a taste <laughs> of that sort of retreat, I recommend you check out Broomtree Retreat Center in the Diocese of Sioux Falls where we have men's and women's, uh, men's and women's preached silent retreats of a, of a weekend. It's a Thursday night through a Sunday afternoon, and it's a great way to kind of dive into that sort of retreat and get a taste of it.
0: What's a, what's a preached silent retreat?
1: So instead of meeting individually with a director each day and then praying your own four holy hours, uh, there are conferences which are given by uh, a priest or someone else, Uh, on different aspects of prayer, and then you are given free time uh, in the days, uh, aside from the five or six conferences, you're given free time to nap, sleep, pray, in quiet, and apply those principles of the retreat in your actual prayer during the retreat. Okay. You both learn and put into practice.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So, yes, those are available, Broomtree. I know it's a Dossus website. They have the calendar for the upcoming dates. Uh, If you Google Broomtree Retreat Center, you'll also find the uh, Broomtree's own website, which has the information as well.
1: Yeah. So, anyway, so how's that for an introduction? Yes, excellent. Go on retreat. Pray. You need to pray. (laughs) It's a good thing to do in the year of faith. If you haven't done a retreat like this, do it in the year of faith. Yep. So I was on retreat, and and, uh, uh, one of the things that just came to me, I was praying about faith in the year of faith, and I was praying um, just about my different assignments and responsibilities in the life of the church, and the thing that really kind of stuck with me from that, well, one of the things that stuck with me, these fruits, is that for most of us, even myself in many ways, is my faith is not alive, my faith is dead. Mm. What? Wait what? Yes, your faith is dead in many ways, not all the time.
0: okay okay
1: but uh, and it meant for many times of my life my faith is dead. So what is this what does this mean right? Uh, for those of you that are sh- shocked and aghast like uh, Dr. Bergwald. So yes. I think like dead faith it has been like a book, right? So you look okay. at your faith as like some sort of book and you you own this book, you possess this book and you pick it up. And you read it, and you do faith-type things as you pick up your faith, and then when you're done with it, you set it back down. Mm. That's a dead faith. Maybe another way to think about it is like faith as an app on your smartphone. Right. So you you know you, you turn your you open up your smartphone, you unlock it, whatever the heck, and you go to the and you open up the faith app, you know, because it's a Sunday morning, or you open up the faith app. Because, you know, it's a sad moment in your life. Or you open up the faith app because something else is going on. Um, and so I, it's, again, it's, uh, it's that kind of static or dead faith. It's, it's something that's not living within you. Hmm. Something and that you he, just
0: draw on. Just
1: draw on. And that you command in that way.
0: Right and which in the end all right go ahead sorry i'll
1: wait go ahead go ahead no go which in the end then
0: Uh,
1: (laughs) we're professionals people don't try this at home
0: father i'm going to defer
1: to you so (laughs) so this faith in the maybe maybe what you're going to say is that in the end of things at the end of uh things it is not something that will save no. you. either. In
0: the end, it's not even—it's not real faith. If it's dead faith, it's not faith.
1: It's not real faith, and it's not life-giving right. faith. And how many people say their faith is more of a burden or an obligation, right. something I do, as opposed to something that gives yep. me life? And only living things give life. Yep. Rocks don't give life. Books don't give life. Ideas give life. That might be in books, you know. Uh, Cookies don't give life. <laughs> Tasty as they
0: are, they're really good, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, I'm
1: glad you enjoyed it. And um, but uh, living things give life. And so what is? It, so is that kind of was that where you're going with the? Uh, yeah, I, that's. What I
0: mean, just the the fact that you know it, it, it really impo- it, it, It's useful to to speak about it this way, but in the end, it's it's self contradictions. It's an oxymoron. Dead faith isn't faith at all it's it's something else
1: right then it might just be the knowledge of the faith yeah, so to speak exactly separated yeah. from the eyes of the life of faith and it can be useful it can be accurate it can be orthodox but if it's not living in this way um and so even thinking of the faith of the angels right and especially the faith of the fallen angels in this regard Mm-hmm. Um, in the letter of Saint James, he says, "You say that you believe that God is one. You do well, for even the demons believe and tremble, but they do not have faith." Exactly.
0: Right. For knowing friends,
1: they don't so- have works. They do not have works. Excuse me. That, that
0: knowing something, just knowing something that's true, does, is not the same as actually having faith in the sense of something that's alive and gives you life um, and is saving.
1: Right. Now, of course, the two have to come together. So let's move into this idea of a living faith. Um, and so, you know, you could think like that. Maybe it's like, you know, maybe at first, maybe an animal in your house, like a dog or a cat, you know, it comes and goes as it wills. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you can't really command it. I mean, you can call it, but at the same time, it could still say no. Right. Um, but better yet, as a friend. You know, to view faith as a friend. Is faith your best friend in your life? Uh, you know, and people like to say sometimes. You know, I'm sure there's many Facebook stati and tweets that proclaim Jesus to be your best friend, but is he? Does he really, truly stop and talk to you? Does he really ask you to do things? Are you asking him for things? Are you in communion with him? Are you speaking to him uh, at every moment in the day? Are you listening? Especially in your boredom.
0: Are you listening to him? Yes. You know, one of the, th- if I could interject briefly, I think it's its relevant, so maybe a parenthetical, but I, it's relevant. Um, I'm reminded, I was telling you uh, before we started recording about um, so the, one of the lines from the gospel reading this first Sunday of Advent that struck me. Uh, be vig- vigilant at all times. Uh, being vigilant there, the context, it's not being vigilant to be on guard. Uh, Satan's prowling about, as as Peter talks about in one of his letters. But being vigilant at all times means to be watching for the Lord. Am I am I am I constantly and throughout the day looking for the Lord and the way that He comes to me and the way He is present to me? Um, and then, but it goes on to say, and pray that you. And this is Jesus speaking to His disciples, to His disciples, not just to the crowds, the disciples. Um, pray that you have the strength to stand before the Son of Man. So this reality that Jesus is, he does desire a relationship, a friendship. But at the same time, we need to remember, this is still the eternal God that we're talking about. Pray that you have the strength to stand before the Son of Man. It's not just, you know, my buddy Joe from down the street. Mm-hmm. This is the eternal God who has entered into relationship with me. And that's where the, 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 virtu- or the, the gift of the spirit, of fear of the Lord comes in. That we heard about um, in one of the other readings earlier th- during the week, you know.
1: Yeah, that's I think that's an excellent, an excellent point in that way. So, um, uh, and, and, and uh, of that need to, yeah, just that's uh, true, and then it's, it's only that life-giving faith. Ah, uh, or maybe another way to connect this would be um, Christ, who is the judge of all right, is our friend, especially when we're bringing all things under his judgment in the midst of our life as it is today. Exactly. As opposed to awaiting the day when he will put all things under his judgment by his own power and might. Exactly. And so so this living faith, um, but this living faith can't just be um, a, uh, ge- um, I was going to say gelatinous. It can't be just like a jello, like wiggling around, Right. It can't be like an amoeba with no form. Living faith is not formless faith. Right.
0: Right. Right. And that's not solid. You can't stand on that.
1: No. So, but but that's just as true as your relationship with another person, a living relationship with another person, is that um, your living relationship with another person must be objectively true, must be orthodox to who that person is. Right? So if mm. I think I have a relationship, a friendship with uh, Dr. Bergwald, right, that we're friends, but I think that Dr. Bergwald loves dogs when he's actually deathly allergic to dogs, okay, I'm not his true friend in that way, especially when I you know, bring a Labrador retriever into his home, you know, and he starts going into convulsions. So that would not be being a good friend.
0: No, right? no, right. exactly. So,
1: uh, so this idea of living faith. So ha- oh, go
0: ahead. So it has to be just to reiterate the point you're making right there. Um, for true faith, for, for faith to truly be alive and living, uh, it needs to be, um, as you note, accurate and orthodox. It has to be, it has to be true. Um, if it's not, it's also not living, saving, true, real faith.
1: Right. Very okay. good. And... But at the same time, we need to have, we need to pray for a living faith, for an enlivened faith in this regard. And this is sort of something we can and should be praying for in Advent, mm. right? We be praying for a living, lively faith. Uh, this weekend, uh, for my uh, eloquent Sunday homily for the first Sunday of Advent, I uh, spoke about how you know everyone likes the Christmas time of year, at least most people do few Grinches, yes. but most people like the Christmas Advent time of year, you know, at least the secular Christmas. And what are the words we use? Magical, special, different, mm. otherworldly, you know, and the world is transformed, right? You know, God willing, we might get some snow one of these years.
0: Yes, um, please.
1: And especially when my students are still here to shovel and not when I'm all alone to shovel. <laughs> but so this, uh, this living faith okay uh probably in this the christmas season has this, this transformed time well that's what that's how the church desires you to live all the time yep right um you know we start in the christmas time the secular christmas time we start waiting I we start looking for presents and things like that you know we start anticipating we're hopeful and that's how the church wants us to live you know if you think about um you know uh, uh Standing with your feet in the midst of the world, but your eyes turned towards the Lord. There's that uh, wonderful uh, Advent hymn that I like. People look east. Mm-hmm. sing that one, Doctor Bergwald?
0: Seen that one? I've heard that one.
1: Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to sing it?
0: Oh, sing it! Ever? Uh, no, I don't want to because I don't want to scare away the listeners anymore. Sure? we already do. Come on. you can. How it? I, I, no, I'll, 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 I'll no.
1: <laughs> right, so this idea of, of looking east, and so the church, uh, for a long time, has always tried to orientate itself, and that went also the notion that Jesus Christ as the true Son of God, and the true light of the world, in a sense, when, when he comes again, would come from the east, mm-hmm. in that sense, just
0: mm-hmm. as the
1: sun rises each day, and so, the idea of turning and looking towards the Lord, and that's part of the basic, Basic meaning of the word conversion. Right. To turn. And it's not just to turn. It's not, you know, uh, like a 1970s, you know, rock song, you know, to every season, turn, turn. (laughs) Um, I just uh, have some sort of endless cycling of things. Well, I turn this way, then I turn that way, and I'm just turning, turning willy nilly. No, it's to turn to the Lord. Yep. To turn towards Him. To stand with your feet in the world, but your eyes fixed on him because it's from him that our salvation, our life comes. And salvation, not just as a post-death gift, but salvation as a life lived now and here in my own life.
0: Exactly. Focused on him. Yeah. And so mm-hmm.
1: we need to pray. We need to pray, Lord, stir up my faith. So if you listen to this, and you think, oh, my faith is dead. Or you know someone whose faith is dead in some way, or static, right, cold, pray for an enliven faith.
0: And I think one conc- one concrete way to do that is to to seek to pray, to attempt to pray on a, probably a daily basis, the act of faith. There are different translations, different versions of, of the prayer, the act of faith. Pick one that you like and begin to pray it and ask the Lord in that to strengthen your – because that's – you know, some some people ask me during this year faith, well, how – how do I grow in my faith? There are a lot of ways, but one of the ways is just to exercise your faith by praying um, with the spirit of faith, praying the act of faith, simply asking God to strengthen my faith. I can't do it on my own. That's that You will not be able to do it on your own. You, you, God must empower you, and you, we cooperate with his gift, his grace that he gives us in that way.
1: Yes. Uh, that, that, that cooperation, Cause, because he, he is pouring gifts of faith into your life, and our Lord does desire, and the gifts of faith are one of the things that comes through our baptism and our confirmation.
0: Exactly. we're given the, these, are, these are infused into us. These are gifts have been given to us. Now we're called to put them to use. Yeah.
1: I'm actually thinking of, uh, uh, for this year in Advent, or not Advent, this year during Lent, uh, I found through some writings by Dr. Ralph Martin, a a great theologian. You're familiar with him? Yep. A great theologian works at uh, the Sacred Heart Seminary in Detroit, Michigan, and uh, a lot of experience evangelization. But he talks about, in uh, the Summa Theologica, St. Thomas Aquinas, talks about the things that limit us from having a lively faith, Uh, the things Mm -hmm. that limit us from greater conversion in our life.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And
1: uh, it's really beautiful. I don't have them all ready offhand. But so, you know, do you, listen Don't I guess also saying don't settle in that way for faith as it currently is in your heart in your
0: life. Right, because I think as it, with it, it's pretty much a, I think a simply a, a truth of the spiritual life. If if it's not growing and increasing, it's shrinking. So you 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 can't stay still in faith. You, your faith must increase or it will decrease. And this is a case where you don't want it to decrease. We might say in other cases, I must decrease, he must increase, but we don't want our faith to decrease.
1: Right. Anyway. So, good. So that's, uh, I think, a beautiful thing to pray about, maybe something for you to aim for. Ask Jesus for a Christmas for yourself.
0: Absolutely. Yep. Amen. That's a, a, a gift that will endure, hopefully, for all time. All time. Amen. Amen. Excellent. Thank you for sharing. For I hate to put it that way, but for sharing the uh, the, the fruit that you found, at least that particular fruit from your retreat, Father.
1: Well, just uh, giving you the same consolation that was given to me. Amen.
0: All right. Any uh, you you pretty much carried this episode. Any closing thoughts or? <laughs>
1: I'm tired.
0: Oh, we're
1: carrying you. And I carry well, you most episodes.
0: Well well done, good and faithful servant. Now enter oh wait. enter your master's reward. I can't say that. That's not my job. All right. Thanks, Father. Appreciate it. And with that, we will wrap up episode one hundred and sixteen. We will be back next week with another exciting episode. God bless you. Happy advent. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ignition. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future topics, you can email me at cbergwald at That's C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. Again, thanks for listening.